DBHDD is reminding Georgians to ask their doctor about alternatives to opioid pain medication. Alternatives such as over-the-counter medications and physical therapy can be used to manage pain. More information at opioidresponse.info. This is Georgia Today. I'm Steve Fennessy. This week, a story that strikes at the heart of Georgia high school football. It all starts with a secret recording of a man named Rush Probst, one of the most infamous coaches on the national high school football stage. Probst is, as of today anyway, head coach at Valdosta High School, home to the Wildcat football program. The Wildcats are a powerhouse with 24 state championships and 900-plus wins. Last year, Probst was caught on tape alleging the Georgia and Florida college football programs routinely shell out hundreds of thousands of dollars to attract talented recruits. And that wasn't all. He wanted $4,500 a month. He wanted us to buy him a truck. He wanted a gas card. And he wanted us to make a house payment. The investigations into Probst are ongoing. Now, he's been sanctioned by the Georgia High School Association. For more on that investigation and what's happening in Valdosta, I'm joined by New York Times sports writer Joe Drape. He's also the author of seven books, including his latest, The Saint Makers, Inside the Catholic Church and How a War Hero Inspired a Journey of Faith. So, Joe, give me an idea of just how crazy Valdosta, Georgia is about high school football. I mean, Valdosta is probably the Notre Dame of high school football, or the Alabama for your SEC country. Uh, it is the granddaddy. It has the most titles, state titles in Georgia, 24. It has the most mythical titles nationally at six. It's won 939 games, which is the most of any high school program. So it has a massive track record, a rich history and a tradition and a very crazy and committed community that supports it 365 days a year. So what's the secret sauce there? I mean, what makes that particular community so unique? It starts with the coach, and it starts with the culture that a coach instills in a program. And Valdosta had two legendary coaches, Coach Bazemore, and Coach Bazemore was a strict disciplinarian, a beloved figure, and was a guy who ruled that program through the 1950s and the 1960s very firm-handedly. He retired eventually, and who followed Coach Bazemore was Nick Hyder, and he's basically considered the greatest coach in Georgia history. He was the only coach to win more than 300 games in less than 30 years. He was the first to win 200 games in 20 years, won national, three national championships at the highest level in Georgia and was named Coach of the Year seven years. And he died suddenly in 1996 of a heart attack. And he was so beloved, Steve, that they laid his body in state at 50-yard lines at the field, which now carries his name. 7,000 people came through to pay their respects. He was dressed in the Wildcats black and gold. He had a football tucked under his arm. And you know it was a very memorable day to this day in Valdosta city history. So those were the guys who laid the foundation. One of the things that 
we hear about when it comes to small town football, especially in the South, is that this is a playing field, literally, that's colorblind, that transcends issues of race. Has that traditionally been the case in Valdosta as well? Well, Valdosta, like much of the South, was slow to integration, and it came with fits and starts. And eventually it got there, and teams did excel when it was fully integrated. At the same time, especially in more recent years, Lowndes County, which is the county high school, Valdosta's in Lowndes County, has grown into a suburban power, and they have built a very good program now. And in fact, in Valdosta right now, when I was down there, both black and white basically told me that football brings everybody together, at least for those weeks and months in the fall. Valdosta, if you look at the history of the city of Georgia, of the South of America, I mean, we're living through it with George Floyd and police and everything going on now. Race is a push and pull that has been with us a long time, and it very much influences the way choices and decisions get made. One of the central figures in this drama is a man named Nub Nelson. So who is Nub Nelson and how did he get that name? Nub Nelson was born Michael Nelson, and he was born in Valdosta and was a tough little kid who went to the Valdosta High School football games with his parents, saw the buzz, saw the crowds. Sole goal in life was to play for the Wildcats. Except when he was 13, uh, he's now 65, so this was late 60s. He was on horseback, and he skittered off the side of the road into a road and got hit by a pickup truck. And the pickup truck killed his horse, broke both his arms, fractured his back, went to the hospital. As part of recovery, it didn't go well. His arm got gangrenous and they had to amputate below the elbow. Thus, he started naming himself Nub, calling himself Nub. I'm Nub Nelson, president of Valdosta High Touchdown Club. A powerful story Nub tells was being in the hospital after his arm got amputated below the elbow and Coach Baysmore came to see him. And that even sealed his loyalty to the Wildcats from there. Valdosta had a touchdown club, which was a booster organization. And their job was mainly to raise money, to feed the kids, to make sure they had proper equipment to fund road trips, to do whatever was needed to keep that football program going. And he became more involved in that. And by 2002, he was made a member of the board. He eventually became executive director, which was a paid position. What's extraordinary to me, and this is the first I had ever heard of it in a high school program, is Valdosta has families that aren't doing well, that are poverty stricken. And prior coach had realized that had become a problem, that guys were losing weight throughout the course of the season. Between him and Nub, they decided to have a feeding program. So they have breakfast and dinner all year round for these players to make sure they get three squares. The lunch was already provided at school. He took a touchdown club that was clearing seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year and turned it into a $250,000 a year annual revenues. You know, it started with blind love for the program. That's how he rose to some sort of prominence or infamy, or however you want to put it, into the Valdosta Wildcat program. 
And you mentioned um, Coach Alan Rodemaker. When was he hired, and what was the significance of, of his hire in particular? Valdosta was a powerhouse 60s through the 90s. They, they fell off, and they fell off for several reasons. They went through several coaches, and for one reason or another, they did not find the guy, the next Baysmore Hider, who could take him in for decades. And they just didn't have any continuity. They were unremarkable. Unremarkable. That's a mortal sin in Valdosta, <laughs> if you're the football team, is to be unremarkable. I mean, this was a community used to the remarkable, used to piling up the victories, used to piling up the titles. So the touchdown club applied itself, put a lot of cohesion in the program. It got a lot more money in the program. They got a lot more commitment. People were excited again. Alan Rodemaker took it over in 2016 the newly hired head coach, Alan Rodemaker. So what's the pressure like for now a head coach of Aldosta High School? Well, I think everybody knows this is the toughest job around, and it's the biggest challenge I could have. And that first season, he won the state title, and it was the first title in 18 years. And, you know, everybody thought all was right with the world again. And what happened? Well, something out of his control happened, is what my reporting seems to indicate, is that the school board had turned over to a five to four African-American majority. And it was for the that first time that it happened. The superintendent of that school district, a guy named William Todd Kaysen, who is African-American, when it was time to renew Rotomaker's contract, recommended that Rotomaker be rehired. But the board voted five and four against them. And that just took everybody aback. And so several weeks later, the community forces the board to reconsider their decision. Dr. Kaysen recommended that they rehire Rotomaker. And by the same vote, five, four, he was not rehired. Now, the board meeting, it started for with about an hour of public comment. We heard from parents and other coaches saying that Rodemaker doesn't just build football players, he builds young men. We also heard a lot of people saying that they believe that this decision was about race, something Rodemaker's attorney agrees with. They have fired or not renewed a coach that the community overwhelmingly supports and loves. They have ripped apart a successful football program that is way bigger than just football games and Friday nights. So what that led into is a lawsuit by Rotemaker and his wife, and it surfaced a whole bunch of other narratives. Who knows what the real truth is, but it's out there somewhere. Up next, the state lowers the hammer on the Valdosta football program, and Nub Nelson is out of a job. This is Georgia Today. I'm Steve Fennessy. This is Georgia Today. I'm Steve Fennessy. I'm joined by New York Times sports, culture, and money reporter Joe Drape. We're talking about a controversy swirling around Valdosta High School football coach Rush Probst. Okay, Joe, so after the school board chooses not to renew Valdosta Wildcats coach Alan Rodemaker's contract, how did coach Rush Probst enter the picture here? 
they went about a nationwide search, came up with a guy who most of America has at least heard of and offered him the job. And that is Coach Rush Probst, who probably was one of the pioneers of reality TV, his uh, two-a-days show when he was the coach at Hoover High in Alabama was a staple of MTV, and that's where he became sort of famous. Welcome to Hoover, Alabama, home to Hoover High School. It was on August 23, 2006, the city of Hoover first took the national spotlight. Flashbulbs, cheerleaders, even the band showed up to pack. With the premiere of the groundbreaking MTV show, Two at Eight. And what was special about him as a coach, Rush Probst? Well, he won. And in the coaching profession, that's what makes anybody special, is you win. And he won with a certain amount of charisma, a certain amount of flash, and with national television cameras on. Even a decade later, the influence it had on the city of Hoover and the world of sports can still be felt. His tenure at, in Alabama and then beyond that was not without controversy, right? Yeah, Coach Probst brings a lot of baggage and he got fired in Alabama. Subsequently found out that he had a second family in another part of the state that he was supporting, why he was married and had a family there in the community. There was things about grades changing for some players. There was just a lot of complaints in the community about his character and his ethics and how he comported himself. Now, subsequently, he divorced the wife in Hoover that they came to know and married his second family, the, the mother of his second family, and they are now together. They've moved on to Colquitt and one of Valdosta's rivals and down to Valdosta. So Coach Probst comes in, and what's his relationship with, with Nub Nelson, the head of the Booster Club, the Touchdown Club? It's interesting, and that's what I guess the crux of the dispute down there now is. I mean, the dispute has evolved from a lawsuit and what happened to the last coach to what Coach Probst wanted to build out of Vodasta and then spoke openly about it on an audio tape. According to a man named Michael Nelson, a prominent Valdosta booster, the newly hired Probst asked him for a few things. Wanted us basically to support him. He wanted $4,500 a month. He wanted us to buy him a truck. He wanted a gas card. And he wanted us to make a house payment. Over the course of about 15 minutes, Probst makes clear what he thinks is required for the Wildcats to win. He says he needs funny money to pay for rent for the families of players willing to move to Valdosta to join the program. It's very clear in a tape that Nub Nelson made is used to having some perks that go beyond his $140,000 salary. He basically says, I want ten dollars to $15,000 in funny money in my drawer. So we got to find some funny money. Funny money. How much funny money do you think we need? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it could be $10,000 first year, maybe $15,000. I don't know who's coming and what they need and all that. These are things that he indicated he wanted to happen in Valdosta. And along with that, he starts talking about how big-time college football is conducted across the South and beyond. And 
implicates Alabama coach Nick Saban, Georgia coach Kirby Smart, and the late Bear Bryant. This is the part that has set off alarms in the corridors of the SEC. Do you know what Kirby's doing at Georgia right now? You know why he's taking that program where he is? So Kirby's come down and met with the richest of the rich of southwest Georgia. Multi-millionaires now. Listen, do you know how much money they spend on a player when they get the former Georgia running back Nick Chubb, he's now a star with the Cleveland Browns, and he has denied these allegations on Twitter. As for Alabama and Georgia, they have both declined comment. So Nub Nelson makes this recording in its, its last year, May of 2020. How does that recording get released? Nub sits on it. Nub sits on it till January, more or less. And I think he shares it with a few people in the touchdown club. And eventually that leaks. He says he did not leak the tape. There is enough copies out there that somebody, it's going to leak. So that's where it sort of came to a head. So what, what prompted Nub Nelson to, to record a conversation that he was having with, with Coach Probst at Valdosta High School? What, how did that happen? Well, there's two schools of thought, and I can only go with my reporting. Uh, Nub cooperated with me. We talked a great deal. I listened to the tape. You know, his side of the story is he didn't like the way things were going, that Coach Probst was trying to pocket money that was meant for the uh, touchdown club and for the program greater. Uh, he didn't approve of the paying the players. I didn't tell him that I was recording because I wanted him to be candid about what he was really up to with our touchdown club. Now, the other side of the story from uh, detractors of Nub Nelson, and he has them, uh, is that, well, there was only room for one big man on campus and Nub thought he was getting pushed out. And that's where it stands at right now. Coach Probst listed a, a litany of things, any of which are true, would be scandalous. So what does this prompt the authorities to do? Who, who's, who's involved now? Everybody's involved. The compliance directors at Georgia and Alabama, as well as the NCAA, Presumably, they've all reached out and talked to Coach Probst. Just to be very clear, Coach Probst nor his lawyers, they all declined to speak with me, as is their right. You know, there's a lot of investigations out there. It seems the Georgia High School Athletic Association has taken the first step, and I expect more things are going to tumble out. Joe, to what degree is this a tempest in the Valdosta teapot, or is this something that might have some ripple effects for other programs throughout the state of Georgia? And what about Nub Nelson? Is he still with the Touchdown Club? Nub Nelson is not. He was fired. He says he was fired because basically for talking about this, for having that deposition out there where it first sort of unearthed and where we first learned there was a tape, and for making it national newsworthy this is the thing that i want to kind of get through is people this is an important institution in valdosta as it is in many schools 
And there's good people all involved all around it. There are no good guys or bad guys. It's not all out war down there. Yeah, Nubs lost his job and lost some friends, but there's also people who support what he did. And I believe Nub will continue to be a Valdosta Wildcat supporter in the nth degree that he always has. He knows it's a rough period right now, but he's not hiding. Coach Probst is on administrative leave. What happens with him if there's a new coach? A new search has to happen. Who are they going to hire? One African-American coach be in the mix right there. And then I guess the unfortunate thing for everything is now it's a harder job to fill. Uh, despite its tradition, despite its success, despite its passionate fan base. It's a hornet's nest. Yes, it's a hornet's nest. And who's A, want to go down there when you've been decimated, taken over a decimated program? Uh, B, you know, you may only be there for a year or two or three because of that's their past performances. That's their past record. So, you know, yeah, all this is going to go in play. But smart money says Valdosta will rebuild and win more championships. My thanks to New York Times sports writer Joe Drape. So what's next for Valdosta football? Well, the Georgia High School Association's penalties levy a $7,500 fine on the program and barred from participating in the playoffs. The letter from GHSA director, Dr. James Hines, specifically mentioning Propes, saying, quote, it is clear that Coach Propes and certain members of the Valdosta Touchdown Club or other members have acted outside the direct and complete control of the administrative head of Valdosta High School. Valdosta is expected to appeal. For his part, Coach Rush Probst says he'll wait for the process to play itself out. For more, go to gpb.org. I'm Steve Fennessy. This is Georgia Today, a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. You can subscribe to our show anywhere you get podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple. Jess Mador is Georgia Today's producer, and our engineers are Jesse Nyswanger and Jahi Whitehead. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.